Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the In The Know Property Podcast with uh, Frank Rahidi, the Head of Investment. Uh, I'm Jack Henderson, the founder of Henderson Advocacy. Frank, welcome, my friend. Good day, Jack. Good to see you again, as always. Now, you've got your uh, your sports jacket on today. Must, it must be important happening. Nah, I just dressed up for the podcast, mate. <laughs> I haven't put it on in a while, so... Give it that business. You look good. <laughs> you look good. Mate, um, last good, episode mate. we spoke about SA3s, which is um, essentially a, a cluster of potentially LGAs, which gives you a more accurate understanding of what's happening um, in a broader range because obviously some LGAs are very small and some are very large and they can be quite inaccurate when you're looking at data on that scale. Um, but in this episode, mate, what we're going to dive into is, is the different suburbs and then inside of those suburbs the different neighborhoods um and what impact that can actually have on how a property performs over the long term right because as you and i both know and as most people would know inside of most suburbs there's a more premium part of the suburb and probably an inferior part of the suburb and generally there's quite a bit of disparity in in both of those parts and that that's not just for the more premium suburbs that's generally everywhere in in australia um And obviously getting getting that neighborhood selection, you know, down to the street selection correct can can make that property outperform, you know, for for infinite time because generally the superior pockets of suburbs don't get inferior over time. They generally get more superior because they're closer to, to amenities, they're in, you know, they've got more street appeal, they're 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 just better parts of the suburb. Sure. Um so, mate, let's let let's dive into it, and and I guess give the listeners an understanding of what we actually look for when we are looking at suburbs, and then how we actually then, you know, scale that down into the neighbourhood and and the street level to make sure we are getting a property that outperforms. Yeah. Um, so, like you said, Jack, yeah, for for each and every suburb out there, there are those uh, superior and inferior parts. I mean, even if you just think about the you know the eastern suburbs and um, the, the suburbs that uh, are, are in and around the beaches, you know, you've got certain streets and, and you know, neighbourhoods, which is essentially a cluster of, of streets. Um, some have, uh, you know, outstanding water views, for instance, and uh, yet you go five streets back in that same suburb and they don't have such views. They might actually be on a, on a main road or a, a busy arterial street. Um, so, and the, the difference in prices and values for those properties, whether they be a, a house or an apartment, could, could be, literally be millions of dollars. Exactly. And, and generally speaking, you know, when, when you look at a suburb overall, like I said at the start, you know, the more superior pockets of the suburbs are, like you said, generally um, pockets of the suburbs that offer views, that are quieter, that you know, have tree-lined streets, that have um, less traffic on them. Um, and, you know, they're generally level land and, and all those little one percenters that, you know, usually make people conglomerate into one area and, and, and that area then is very, very tightly held and, mm. and you, you then see the price disparity starting to increase over time as people, you know, generally don't trade out of, of, of those more superior parts of the, of the suburbs as frequently um, yeah. as they do as, as the inferior and they're usually the supply as well. I mean, there are, there are only a certain amount of houses or apartments that can have the ocean or beach view, right? Um, because, you know, just in pure um, 
meterage, uh, there's only so much uh, that they can, so much land that they can build on. So, like you said, tightly held in low supply, demand is always going to ex exceed supply in um, in for those properties in those streets in those neighbourhoods. Therefore, always pushing up that price. Exactly, and, and, and you know, for owner occupier reasons, usually if you're an owner occupier. Um, you want to be in those pockets, right? Like Why would you leave? You're living there for yourself. <laughs> exactly. You, you know, most people want to be in, regardless of what suburb they're in, they want to be in the best part of the suburb. But, That's you know, right. when they flip that to buy the investment property, they forget about that. Um, they forget about that, you know, I guess, sentimental value and, and, and mm. um, you know, significance of being in the, in the more premium part of the suburb. So, mate, what are the things that I guess you've looked for over time with your own portfolio to identify those, you know, premium pockets of suburbs when, because a lot of people are not buying in their, their, their home town or the, or the place where they grew up, where they understand the market. They're generally buying in areas that they don't necessarily understand as well. So how do you go about identifying those premium pockets or, or, or premium parts of the suburbs? And then obviously the, you know, the, the top say five to 10 streets. Yeah, well, it's um, it's an interesting point. I mean, obviously, you know, you're looking to avoid things like main roads, uh, arterial roads, um, where where that are just way too busy and and too noisy. Um, you're looking for something, you know, if it is a beachside suburb, um, and and that all comes comes down to someone's, you know, an investor's um, affordability um, or how much they've got to invest. Um, but something that's ideally walking distance to the beach. Uh, you know, and that could be a leisurely 15-minute walk. I mean, a 15-minute walk is, is not far at all. Um, and that could be anywhere from, you know, uh, 750 metres to, to one, one and a half kilometres back from, from the beach, but in a nice, quiet street. Depends uh, you know, how fast you walk, uh, Frank. Well, it does too, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like you said, a, a nice tree-lined street. Um, yeah, so really it is, it is about you know, closeness to the shops, the cafes, especially in today's culture, I believe is important. Um, being in walking distance to those, um, to those amenities, to the beaches, to the public transport, um, without being right in the hub of a, you know, where that can often be a bit noisy and a bit hectic for some people. Yeah, and, and most, regardless of their beachside suburbs, most suburbs, um, the houses and all the apartments are generally nicer in those parts as well. You know, they're, they're more or, or better maintained. Um, and, you know, like I'm sitting in Bronte at the moment and they have a, it has a feel to it, you know, like you That's walk right, down yeah. the streets and it's very quiet There's a community to it you know you, you've got people walking their dogs and neighbors chatting and 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 that's really what you want to be a part of because this then leads into a huge thing for us which is that owner occupier appeal which is where owner occupiers want to be um and you know if you look at you look at most suburbs um you know kensington is a great example of this you've got sort of north kensington and south kensington now the north side of kensington is um a lot less desirable because there's a lot more apartment, apartments there. Um, that, that generally means the roads are and the streets are a lot more congested because there's more traffic going through them. Yeah. And, you know, they generally then have some, not necessarily arterial roads, but they generally have through roads that people are cutting through to, the, to be able to get to where they live. Where if you go to South Kensington, um, the streets are a lot quieter. They're a lot wider. They're tree-lined. The homes are a lot bigger. Um and, you know, the price disparity is literally millions of dollars between those two pockets of the suburbs. And 
they do not ever come up. They very, very rarely come up in these in these pockets. And usually the only reason they do um, in more premium parts of, of, of locations is because people are either downsizing um, or relocating, right? Because they get to a the point in their life where they can't really get a much bigger home and they're sort of at the epitome. Um, and mm. I guess the only reason they can, the only reason they're going to leave is if they're, that they need to get rid of that property for, you know, or, or divorce, something like that. Yeah. Um, and there certainly are, like you said, it's it's it, regardless if it's a beachside suburb or not. Every suburb has those cluster of streets, those little neighbourhoods where you only have to go into those streets if you live there. So they are very quiet, which owner occupiers love. It really has that owner occupier appeal and that and like you said, that feel or vibe to it because they are a cluster of streets or a small neighbourhood that you only have to drive through if you're visiting someone or you live there. And that's um, mm, exactly and, and really, uh, you know, where we look to uh, identify in the suburbs we look for when we're purchasing for investors. And let's, let's talk about something like a real life example. Obviously, you know, where you grew up, Frank, was in, in sort of the, the western part of Sydney um, where, you know, let, let's, it was Fairfield, yeah? No, no, it's Strathfield, inner west of Strathfield, yeah. Strathfield, Strathfield, that's right. Well, it's Fairfield, Strathfield, same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So where what, were you? Did you grow up in the premium pocket of the suburb? Was there always that better part where? No, definitely you, not. Um, you know, if you lived in that, that part, of, you were the more yeah, affluent. People. Well, there is. You know, Stratford is a prime example of that. And no, I did it. You know, where my parents still live now is not what um, you know Stratford even had. It was so premium. The premium part it was called the Golden Mile, um, because the, the you know going way back that the, the block sizes there were like a minimum thousand square meters with the tennis courts, you know, and then you got into the bigger ones with tennis courts, you know, and there are streets in that Golden Mile or Strathfield that are, are so tree-lined um, and streets that I've, you know, never never even driven down, um, like you said, because there's no reason to drive down them unless you, um, you know, actually were visiting someone in that suburb. Um, so, yeah, that, you know, Strathfield definitely had that premium side to it. Um, like I said, big blocks, quiet streets, tree-lined. The, the houses were well set back from the street uh, behind high fences. You, you couldn't even see them. So privacy is another big aspect there. And, and Strathfield is a prime example where you have a train station, a major train station, being uh, that's you know, midway between Parramatta and, and the city. Um, and going off that, you have two main, what I would call main roads. You have uh, Homebush Road and, um, and the Boulevard leading to another main road in, in regards to the Hume Highway. So if you think of it like a, a, a triangle, basically, station at one end, Liverpool Road at the other, Homebush Road um, and the boulevard. And, um, and in the middle sat this golden triangle. So, you know, along the peripherals of those, if you were too close to the station or on the other side of the station, if you were too close to those main roads, um, they were what would you, you would supposedly call the inferior part of the suburb. Now, mind you, they were still nice, nice streets and, and nice um, houses in those streets. Um, but again, you know, there is that, you know, inferior and superior side to the suburb, the ones in the middle with the big blocks, tree line, private, that was the golden mile. And, you know, having grown up there as a kid, you know, I've seen that the properties of, you know, the ones in that golden mile have always, they've all gone up, but that, that gap between the two is still there. They always outperform, right? And it's the same yeah. thing where I grew up. I grew up in a place called Wilberforce, which is northwest Sydney on the Hawkesbury River. And, you know, you had 
the normal part of town where they, everything was five and six hundred square meter blocks, and and you know, still it's uh, still a nice place. Walk to school and all the rest of it. But then you had on the other side of King Road, it was you had blocks with acreage and that had river frontage, and and you know the difference in those those prices was literally a million dollars. You know, you could buy a home in in suburbia for between four and six hundred grand and then on the other side of the road if you had the, the acreage in the river it was you know one and a half million bucks um, and yeah. that was when i was growing up and and, and again they're, they're, that's always the more premium part of the suburb and, uh, and, and what's interesting thing is, that about is, the more- is the distance between the premium and the not so premium part is literally not even a kilometer could be literally 500 meters difference exactly and 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 the 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 thing that you'll notice about these more premium pockets of the suburbs and the, and the pockets that we want to be targeting for getting a property that outperforms is that it is dominated by owner occupiers. There are very, very few properties in there that are rentals because, you know, they're generally people for buying and paying a premium for them for emotional reasons because they want to live there. So if you can get a property in there as an investment, then not only are you going to have extremely high rental demand because there's very few of them, you're also going to get the growth um, that is, you know, taken up by all the owner-occupiers buying for, for, for emotional reasons. And as you touched on before, owner-occupiers in a premium um, area, uh, in a premium neighbourhood of, a, of a, any particular suburb, there's got to be a compelling reason as to why they are moving unless they are moving to another premium neighbourhood in, in an adjoining suburb or an, another suburb or completely, you know, or, the, or there's a sea change in them, you know, they're going up the coast or something. Um, they are very tightly held. And as we know, the, the more tightly held a, a neighbourhood or suburb or a neighbourhood, the, the capital growth oils are outperformed because that buyer demand, as soon as one comes up, you know, for every one house that or you know, property that becomes listed, there's 20 people trying to buy it. Exactly. And that's all when we talk about location as well. You've got location on a macro level and, you know, just being in, you know, Bondi Beach, say, in in, in Sydney or Hamilton in, in Brisbane or New Farm or in Melbourne, you know, places like Yarra. Um, sure, you're going to get a property that does well, but you need to understand that suburb and, and the neighbourhood inside of that suburb on an intimate level to get something that outperforms. And, you know, that's why it's so important if you don't understand that 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 suburb or neighbourhood well, you get professional advice and assistance because, sure, it's going to cost you a few bucks, but that money that you pay an expert who understands it like the back of their hand um, is going to very much outweigh you trying to, learn it for six months and, you know, speak with locals and walk the streets and drive the streets and and then, you know, actually go out there and implement it. That's um, right. And that's where we have the data available now where we can actually pinpoint streets and see which streets, you know, you, got, you can pull up data, the top five streets in a, in a suburb now um, because, you know, for, you know, the medians in those particular streets and, and you know, we, you've got to be wary of, the misleading data because there might have only been two sales in that street in the last 10 years or something but uh you know when you look over a longer term you can see how the the value of the houses or units in those streets let's talk houses um has grown over the time and and that is the number one you know or the top five streets in a particular suburb for sure and and you know walsley road point pipe is a prime example of that you know point pipe is a small suburb as as it is but you know being on walsley road um, there's probably 
50 or so homes along that stretch, some on the waterfront, some not on the waterfront. Um, and, you know, that, 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 that property is, is some of the best real estate in the whole world. Now, that's an extreme example, but like we said, every suburb has, has, these, uh, has these streets and, and these pockets. So, <coughs> so, I mean, Frank, when we're obviously selecting locations, um, we, we, you know, one of the biggest things that we look for is affluence and a track record. Um, and, you know, we, we might go to, if we're looking in Brisbane or we're looking in Sydney or we're looking in Adelaide or, or Melbourne, we understand where the affluent locations are. But, you know, inside of the East, there's, and we keep referencing the East because we're, we're both sitting here. Um, when we talk about the East, there's a lot of suburbs in the Eastern, eastern suburbs, you know. You've got obviously two SA3s with being Eastern suburbs, North and South. But inside of that, you've got, you know, a heap of suburbs and it's not just enough to invest in the east you have to understand the individual suburbs so what are the some of the 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 drivers or the indicators that we look for when we're trying to identify the suburb before we then go into you know knowing that the neighborhood and and the in the specifics yeah and the, and you know this is a prime example of where you have a, some larger suburbs and some really tiny suburbs like like clavelli uh for instance um and Clavelli is an interesting suburb because it's a very narrow suburb, as in it starts on the on on the ocean side, and um, doesn't go very wide, as in north and south, but goes quite deep. Um, and obviously, you know, we talk of the premium parts being right on on the cliff side there, overlooking the ocean, um, and the millions of dollars difference when you go further back, uh, you know, so many streets back inland. Um, so obviously, yeah, we're looking at those streets, you know, an eastern suburbs prime example because it does have that scarcity factor of, of views, whether they be ocean views, park views, beach views, um, and it's also, you know, you have, uh, you know, the elevation factor too, those up, up nice and high, um, have obviously nice dist distant district views as well. So definitely we're looking for those quiet pockets because the eastern suburbs, some of the streets there can be a bit of a rat race as well. Um, you obviously have, like every suburb has, does have your, your main roads. You know, you've got your Coogee Bay Road. You've got, uh, you know, Carrington Road, which, you know, starts over in, in Randwick and goes all the way through to South Coogee. Um, and these are not necessarily, you know, bad streets uh, to be on because each part of those has the, the pros and cons and, and even does, you know, any main road has a quieter part and a more busier part. Um, but it's, it's like we mentioned, you know, looking for those cluster of streets, those neighbourhoods, that um, have that owner-occupier appeal because they're a bit more private, you know, cars and people aren't going there in the heat of summer to look for parking because they're, they're just set back away from, from the main hustle and bustle. Mm, yeah. But, you know, what would what would be the differentiator, say, you know, between looking in Bondi or looking in Clavelli or looking in North Randwick or looking in Kensington, like, you know, one and a half million dollars or a million dollars, a half a million dollars, whatever that number is, and it's different for, for every single area that you look at, at a property. But what would sway you to look in, in one suburb over another when they're all inside the east and they all do well? Yeah, I'd be looking at the historical price growth. I, I like to look at the the historical price growth growth for at least the last ten years and look at what that average annual growth rate has been. Um, and you know, we have the data that we can heat map. For example, the whole eastern suburbs north SA three region, uh, and we can heat map that. You know, to see okay, this is the you know the median price over the last ten years has grown from you know from X to Y. Um, here's a here's a an adjoining suburb that hasn't seen as good a growth as maybe this one, um, 
why is that? We can investigate and have a look at why that may be. Um, but maybe that might be a good opportunity because, you know, this suburb, for example, just has, uh, you know, has a better name for whatever reason, for whatever historical reason. And as people get priced out of that suburb, um, suddenly they're going to go, well, this suburb's just next door. Um, you know, I still enjoy all the lifestyle benefits of this one over here without, without the price tag that comes, comes with it. So with that heat mapping, um, that really gives us a good picture, whether it be just eastern suburbs, north or south region, or we can combine the two to have a look and go, okay, let's pinpoint into this suburb here. Um, and it obviously depends on, you know, our investors' uh, affordability, as you mentioned. And um, have a look at this one here. This adjoining suburb seems to be, you know, not as hot, if you like, historically as this one. So there could be some potential upside there. Yeah. And, and I think something super important is um, that you're, you're looking at a suburb before you go into the neighbourhood and, and the street that doesn't have a high turnover, doesn't have a high volume of sales because the lower volume of sales generally means the more tightly held an area or a suburb is and the more tightly held an area or a suburb is, the more scarce the property is there. So um, that that's super, super important because, you know, if, if there's a lot of buyers for a particular area, um, and very few properties that ever come up there, um, that's only going to have a one impact and that's generally an upward pressure on prices. You know, nice Bronte is a, is a prime example of that. You know, once people buy here, um, they very, very, very rarely sell and, and there's a very low volume of sales that happen over a 12-month rolling average. Um, yeah, and Bronte is another prime example like Clavelli of a very, very small suburb, um, hence the reason why it is so t tightly held. Without a doubt, yeah, and and mate, I think I think you know that probably brings us to the end of this particular topic. But there's, I, I think it just shows the importance of of not just knowing where you know people talk about Sydney as Sydney and Brisbane as Brisbane and Melbourne as Melbourne and Adelaide as Adelaide, but it, it, there's so much more to it. You need to understand the the much more micro elements to to Ooh. guarantee that you're going to get a property that does outperform over the long term and doesn't just perform as the average of, of these particular areas. Yeah, and just to put some numbers to that, Jack, I mean, you know, when we talk about the, the SA3 or the, the regional level, um, you know, within a region, within, say, you know, three regions, you would have circa 100 typical suburbs, um, you know, so, so basically, you know, anywhere, circa 30 suburbs within a, within a typical region. So, you know, when we're looking at it for investors, obviously we're looking at uh, pinpointing or shortlisting three regions. So within there are, are circa 100 suburbs. Now, within those 100 suburbs, when we drill it down right down to the micro level of neighbourhoods, we're talking about 1,000 neighbourhoods within those um, 100 suburbs. So that's where we really do need to rely on the data. Um, because as you can imagine, 1,000 neighbourhoods is a lot across, you know, when you started with three regions, you then got to 100 suburbs and 1,000 neighbourhoods. Um, and there's going to be, you know, inferior and superior in each of those uh, 1,000 neighbourhoods. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot when you think about it. Absolutely. And that's why, um, mate, expertise is, is super important. It is. Easy. Mate, you're a good man, Frank. And uh, mate, I reckon that's a good cue for us to go get back stuck into the day. Um, so, mate, next week, we've, uh, we're going to elaborate on that more and, and dive into some more data. Yep, beautiful. Thanks, Jack. Good man.